0: our listeners welcome to TNT ESQ along with my co-host Reese Thomas I'm Teresa Quinlan hey Reese.
1: hey everybody thanks for tuning in
0: we make up TNT in case you've been listening for a while and you're wondering how that works it goes with Thomas and Teresa we're here to explode the status quo so our series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently and that is why our guest today is Dr. Kimberly Hembrick Kimberly is the president of Kimberly Hamburg Consulting. She's a leadership development and growth coach and trainer. She designs empowered leaders. And man, we are excited to have you here today. Kimberly, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hey,
2: thank you so much. And I think hopefully I win the award for most creative person with a company name. I think so, yeah, probably in the Guinness. No. Thank you, thank you. I I think so too because it was like, what's your company name? It's like I don't know. Uh, Kimberly Hamburg Consulting. Chuck.
0: I did the same thing, but I didn't even add consulting onto the end of it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so I I I win. You are the winner, absolutely. Really? <laughs> so listen, we're pretty pumped up to have your energy here with us today and one of the things we like to start all of our conversations with is around your obsession in a good way obsession so you're part of the john maxwell team and something called the growth system we are on i'm on the edge of my seat reese is leaning in on the edge of his seat so it seems that when we become sort of obsessed with something anything there's a story about how that began so could you please share with us where this began for you
2: Absolutely. So the John Maxwell team, everybody should know who John Maxwell is. He's like the number one leadership authority. And I knew who he was long before I knew we had a team. I was certified as a coach about four years prior through International Coach Federation. And then I start seeing an advertisement for the John Maxwell team where you can be certified as a speaker, coach, trainer, teacher. I was coming up on about 30 years in corporate where I was largely in leadership roles. I was an educational consultant. Newsflash I wasn't always great (laughs) as a leader. I know. Cue the shocking music right now. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yes, I, I made a few mistakes. Mm. So I had joined the John Maxwell team first and foremost to improve my own leadership, but also I was mentoring and coaching others. So it gave me really great resources. And in the two years or so that I have been with the John Maxwell team, had a series of events. I had a situation with our youngest son personally, just sort of rocked my world, rocked it as a mother, made me realize that you know, I wasn't really in control of as much as I thought I was in control of. I had access to these mentors who helped me not only personally and professionally. What really got me so excited and what really made me realize that I found my home, that I found my tribe. Was these people who didn't know me were sitting there in support of me. And some of the things, two of the most important things that were ever said to me, one was by Mark Cole, who is the CEO of all of John Maxwell's enterprise, and he's our leadership coach. And I was talking with him, and he said to me, You were made for hard. And what that meant to me as I was talking about a struggle is, I got this. I got this. And the next thing he said to me is, Borrow the belief I have in you until your belief matches. And that right there made me realize I can do this Mm -hmm. and I want to be that person for somebody else. I want to meet people when they're in a difficult part, a difficult transition professionally or personally, and give them that breathing space, give them that space where they can just kind of, okay, okay. It's going to be okay. And I have the tools inside of me. So that's really what got me so excited about what I was doing. One of the programs that is offered there is called lead growth system. And this is something that also Mark and one of his colleagues, John Griffin have designed. It's really a personal professional growth system. It's where you work on your purpose or your, your passion. You know, there's like six or seven steps, priorities, gaps. About a year ago, I attended their training because I knew I still had some work on me. I've really been doing great with my own growth, and I'm a firm believer that I got to fix me first (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and bring the best version of me forward before I'm helping others. And I was able to improve the relationship that I had with myself, which really means for the first time in a long time, believing in my own self-worth and my own value. And that kind of set me forward of, damn, I'm good and I can do this and I want to help others get to that point. And so this program that they have is really the structure that Mark uses. So Mark is somebody who started as a salesperson in a back room Mm -hmm. for one of John Maxwell's companies. And now he is the CEO of the whole company, all of them, it works for him. It works for me. As a part of that program, I was gifted in as one of the founders. So that really is the umbrella of the work that I'm moving forward. And it's super exciting. And I just can't wait to continue to work with people. So that was a big way to describe what I'm passionate about.
1: (laughs) And how does that relate to the Kimberly Hambrick Foundation? The two are similar. Their two are completely different. The two interlink with each other.
2: Just- oh, well, I absolutely love now that I have my own foundation. Thank you. Because it's, uh, it's a consulting company, but I'm now going to call myself a foundation and get money. <laughs> it, 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 that's what a foundation means over here. People give me money. So yes. <laughs> no. So it, it really is that being a part of the John Maxwell team does provide you with resources that you can use how you want within your business or your personal life. When I was exiting corporate, where I worked as an educational consultant, I knew that I wanted to work with other markets or with other types of people because my work in the education market was largely responsible for bringing in federal resources, federal dollars, to provide services to states and schools for free. So this is how people knew me for my whole career. It was going to be a really difficult sell to then go to them and say, hey, I'm doing this and you know how great I am, but now you have to pay me. The the programs through the John Maxwell team are, are programs that I have at the ready, that I can use, that I intermingle with my own content knowledge, so it's what I do. When I talk about the lead growth system, I've actually rebranded it for myself as the lead you forward. When I work with a client or an organization, they can enter wherever the the need is. And so if somebody wants to work on finding their, their purpose, you know, you kind of have to take a step back sometimes to figure out what your values are, what you like to do, what your strengths are. And so we can enter there and then we can move them forward. So even though I had all this resource at my fingertips, it was really this program that made the click in my mind mm-hmm. that this was the big umbrella that I can operate through moving forward. Does that make sense?
1: Definitely, totally, yeah.
0: Let's talk about designing leaders because that could be a interesting debate around a round table. We could debate and talk about, I think leadership and designing leaders for days on end. So I'm interested in hearing your perspective. You mentioned values, purpose, passion. In your opinion, in your line of expertise, where do you think designing or becoming a leader has to come from?
2: I equate this to my growth and my own personal growth journey. Very successful in my career. I was always advancing. I was always moving ahead, helping the organization, but somewhere in my career, and it was probably based a lot on the fact that I did have limiting self-beliefs, but I masked them very well. And I found myself realizing, I don't know what I bring to the table. I'm helping others. My team, I was always promoting them, always moving them forward, but somewhere along the line, I forgot about me. I knew that I had to invest in my own growth and do the work. So I became intentional and I became consistent with what I was doing. And it's those actions there that really helped to design, quote unquote, (laughs) what you want to do in terms of your life. And, And so that's where the design part comes in. It's as a coach, and you guys both know this, we're not telling people what to do, we're not giving them a blueprint but I know enough from my own experience and the clients and the organizations that I'm working in that when you come together and when you work on something together, so so the designing does have to bubble up from you. And what I love about the word empowerment, and this is something that's been very important to me, once I, and I I tell, um, I do tell some of the mentors that they've created this monster. Because now that I know, now that I've broke free of that limiting self-belief for so many years, Mm -hmm. of course I can do it. Of course I have value. Of course I know how to do it. And it's that, it's that feeling of, yes, to me that's empowerment and whatever it may look like for other people. So it's going to be different. Um, and, and trust me, people do like to debate me on a lot of things, um, because I, I've been told that I'm, you know, uh, motivational and Pollyanna, and it doesn't, life, work, life doesn't work that way. Well, I don't want to tell people, you can't move forward, you can't change, you're stuck for the rest of your life, because I, I don't agree with that. If I could make and, and someone has coined it, if I can reset my life at 54, 53, why can't you change yours if it's what you wanna do? So so the design is a um, a collaborative process that we work on together and it's gonna look different for everyone.
1: Um, I wanna go back to something you said, you were talking about um, masking your limiting self-beliefs. We were having a call earlier, we were talking about making the invisible visible. So I wanted to if we can try and join those two things together. If, if you're, if, if someone's listening to this, if they're in in, in an organisation, if they're looking around trying to help um, people there, what are the things, having done it yourself, that uh, people can look out for when they're trying to mask these um, limiting self beliefs? You, you give the impression of, of being super successful, but then, as you openly, vulnerably told us just then, you're masking it all. So I think we all do that to some degree, but I think. Um, not everyone has the capacity to maybe uh, confront that and share that and be open about it. So are the telltale signs that you were you know, consciously masking that other people can maybe look at to see and maybe make that connection and see how they can make this invisible thing more visible and, and, and in some way help these people, uh, help help their colleagues. You know, there might be a friend you've known for years and not have any um, uh, realization that this is this is nothing
2: mm-hmm. yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it, it is and my answer um, so I definitely would never suggest people move forward masking limiting self beliefs because it really did hurt me um, in the long run in how it manifested is that I was successful, I would get a promotion. And then my brain started, you know, they probably just gave it to me because nobody else wanted it, or they're just doing this because they're trying to humor me. Or um, when I was overlooked, you know, for a promotion that I knew uh, I should have, I'm not good enough. You know, what am I not doing right? And I was kind of internally always beating myself up. So I, I didn't celebrate the good. And more importantly, I didn't recognize the good. Um, I had, I had um, friends and colleagues that knew I suffered from limiting self-belief, and I really wish I could tell you they were supportive, um, but they weren't. What happened is uh, a few of them actually kept notes of the stupid things I did, and we would be at a meeting or an event. And they would pull out their kimmy-isms, you know the things that I said wrong or that I did wrong, so that just added to it um, I, I had a, a couple people, one in particular, that anytime we had a conversation would say, "Do you know what your problem is?" Oh. <laughs> cool. okay, so I um, didn 't know I had a problem now i 'm really worried about what your problem is, and so so that's why I say if you are doubting yourself or if you feel like you're struggling, reach out and work with somebody mm. or find a trusted friend that you truly trust and, and talk with them about it because the, uh, the damage that you could do to yourself when you listen to all these others voices that may or may not be the right voices you should be listening to uh, at least for me, it, it was difficult. So so I'm very glad that, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm very serious about this, I'm very glad that the difficult situation with my son that then moved into um, a, a friend slash colleague sharing it up within the corporation where I worked. Now, the ones who needed to know about it knew about it. I didn't have a problem with it. I wasn't embarrassed. This was my life. I was dealing with it. But it wasn't that person's story to tell. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't go into great details about it because it's not my story to tell. It's my son's story. So I, I'm respectful of that. Um, and so when I confronted that person, I thought we were okay, but we weren't okay. <laughs> um, the person really had a problem with it. And it was in a conversation that I saw the depth of what this person was capable of and was doing. And I just said, I'm done. And I resigned. And so those two defining moments for me, put me out there without a safety net, (laughs) um, isolated by myself. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to move forward, I got to deal with what got me here. Mm -hmm. and the things that got me there and 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 to be perfectly honest to take responsibility and own the truth of what got me there and and not own the rest of it and what I mean by that is I did suffer from limiting self-beliefs I put myself second or third or last I had um, a very self-deprecating sense of humor and people saw that and so some people There are some people who are supportive and will help you. I was just lucky and I had few people who weren't supportive and took advantage of that. So I had to look at that situation and say, I created that environment for somebody who had other ulterior motives Mm -hmm. to do what they did. So I own that and, and, um, but I'm not owning the other stuff. I'm not owning this person's actions or other people. I'm not doing that. I'm owning my part. So once I did that, in a way, Reese, I I brought my ugly up to the surface. I had to. And uh, so now it's like right there in my face. And I had to do something with it. And I had to. That's probably too strong of a word. I chose to do something with it because some people would choose to stay stuck and fall into the victim mode, and say, um, well, you know, this person did this or this person did that, woe is me, and find other people who would want to support them. And uh, that, for me, that was the tipping point, and I told myself enough is enough. And, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't gonna let the <clears throat> win. You know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna curse on your... <laughs> on your podcast and your show. But but that became a, sort of an obsession for me. I wasn't going to let this person win. And if I stayed stuck, and if I stayed broken, that person was going to win. And so I surrounded myself with better people. I worked on myself, I found the right people to help me. And, you know, I'm a coach that has coaches, that has mentors. I've never once said I'm the smartest person in the room and it happened by magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I had to work to do this. So does that, does that help answer? I mean, I would love to tell you, oh, you can see, you can see all these triggers and this is what you want to do, but that's not what happened to me.
0: Um, It can be very difficult to see the manifestation if someone is a great actor or um, actress it can be difficult to see the manifestation. So I do like that you shared, you know, a couple of pivotal items for you in your mastery of masking what was going on is if you see someone who is being accomplished and is doing great work and they refuse to sort of celebrate and instead default to this belief or action of, well, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. Okay. That was fine, but I'm really not quite there yet. That might be some sort of, trigger towards, well, maybe there's some limiting self beliefs, so but it's mm-hmm. hard for an external to take a leap into someone else's psyche and say, Hey, is this what's going on without them? Like putting up full armor, full barrier and going, no, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm totally fine. It is definitely something that has to be worked on from the inside out and come to your own realization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. Uh, that-
2: well, I just want to say, I want I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm pretty direct mm-hmm. and I, and I, speak my mind and th- there is a person in my life that i've just had a conversation with recently along those terms they weren't ready to hear that conversation uh they're, they're they're okay staying in in their swirl of bs that they're telling themselves and i can't do anything about that i can just say i'm here for you when you're ready to talk. So I, I did, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off on that, but yes. No,
0: that's okay. I mean, if we're lead, if we're designing leaders, we're helping other leaders who are potentially leading leaders <laughs> because in an organization, there's a bunch of hierarchy going on. We have to pay attention to things we might address. I've observed a couple of things. Can you tell me what that might be or where mm-hmm. that might be coming from? And, and they might sweep things under the rug for sh- under the rug for sure. Or they might divulge to you at which point, we may want to go down the road of asking, you know, what is your purpose? What are your passions? What are the values that you live by every day and are those being met with the position that you're in right now and and are they not? Because in leadership, when someone decides to take the role of a leader, you really have to have a purpose that's driven to help other people. You can't have this sort of leadership. I mean, you know, people will take leadership roles and go, I'll be great at executing on that job profile. Except kind of those ones where it says, you know, kind of train, lead, develop other people. Mm, I might struggle there. Well, that's kind of 100% of your job. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the world
2: that I was in corporate wise, I would write proposals. I was writing the proposals to bring the resources in. We were putting people in leadership roles that, quite frankly, weren't wanting to be a leader or weren't qualified to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And then once we had them in a leadership role, we weren't providing the resources to them to backfill the gaps or enhance where their strengths were. And it really started to weigh on me that we were setting these people up for failure sort of from the beginning. So, so when you start losing market share, when you're losing contracts, when your subcontractors are angry at you and they're taking the work. You can trace it all back to some of those behaviors, but we weren't we weren 't addressing them so when I talk about leadership, I, I first and foremost believe that we all have leadership capacity, even if it 's just leading ourselves and putting our best version forward and I want to make sure that people understand that. I want to make sure that people um, people own what their gifts are. And this is, I I am a person of faith and I, and if others aren't, that's perfectly fine. I mean, but this is how I'm going to communicate it. I believe that we are all gifted with, we're fully resourced and gifted. Whatever that looks like is going to look different in all of us, but some of us don't know how to tap into that Mm -hmm. or how to find it. And so that's really where, why, where I want to work with people when I talk about empowering them. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily always for them to be the same and look the same, but I really want people to spend some time because I didn't do this. I want people to spend some time focusing on what their strengths are, what they're good at. And if you're in a position that you aren't happy in, that you're, you're miserable, um, you have an option. Now that option, I've never once told anybody show up at work and resign and walk out and then the next morning say, what the hell am I going to do? That's not, that's not at all what I tell people. But, but, Teresa, if you were in the corporate world and you and I were talking and there were some things that you just weren't excited about, you know, are there, are there other places within the organization that you can find this? Are there, are there people within the organization that you can align yourself with that you can learn from? Is there a plan B that you want to do? What's that exit strategy? What's your uh, side hustle? You know, what's the side hustle you want to get into until you get to that place? I, I've learned to, and this is going to sound really um, sad, I'm not sympathetic to people who tell me how miserable they are, and yet they don't want to do anything.
0: Right.
2: And, and what I say to them is, you've made that choice. So own that choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, perfectly okay. If you want to stay miserable, own the choice, but don't blame it on other people. And I get a lot of yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Uh, no. Embrace it, own it, and tell yourself this is what I want to do until it's time to retire. Then I'll do something else. I'm here by choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes we have this nice lull in the conversation. And we're kind of thinking about <laughs> everything that we've said so far. I like this concept. We all have leadership capacity. So capacity means, you know, um, opportunity, maybe. Uh, we can look at it from an IQ perspective. There's an aptitude for leadership, whether it even is just within ourselves. And everyone will be on a completely different journey. And some people will never step into leading their own life. yes they will always play a role of victim helpless villain that will be the story of their life and it's quite tragic because on their deathbed is when they have their awakening and we hear these stories time and again of individuals i wish and now it's too late and it's very sad indeed especially for those of us and all three of us have the I think great pleasure of having stepped into leading our Mm -hmm. own life and choosing on purpose what we are passionate about by taking the time to explore our values, our purpose, our passion, and aligning that within what we want to do. And Mm -hmm. not everyone can just, yep, I'm no longer in this job because it's not serving me anymore. And I'm going to quit today. And I'm moving on to something else. Some people have to have a strategic plan Mm -hmm. in order to pay the bills in order to well, mostly I think it's financial. Mm-hmm. It, is. it right? is. Mostly it's fine, I can't take the leap because financially I can't take the leap. And so there has to be a, a big driving motivator for individuals to want to put in that effort. And I think it's great for us, I would love for us to explore what is on the other side of that journey? Because our listeners need to know like, oh, that's what's there. <laughs> you mean it isn't just this oasis where I get to it and it's still awful? No, when you find your purpose, your passion, your drivers, what's on the other side is incredible. So could you describe for us what you found on the other side of that journey?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just listening or at a meeting where one of the presenters was talking about um, that, that there is good or great in the adversity. And, and, and I believe that. I mean, I would. I don't wish what happened with my son and how I exited corporate on anybody. But I'm very blessed that I was able to take a pause and breathe and find the good because there is good in everything. Um, and and I, I just believe that. Sometimes you got to dig a little deeper. Sometimes you got to live with it for a little bit, but you're going to find that nugget and you need to move forward. So my, my initial... Motivation was not going to let that person win, so it was purely um, spite <laughs> competitive i 'll show you and and it worked, but I knew that wasn 't sustainable <laughs> so, so so yeah, so I had to find a better way to do that. That got me through the first couple of weeks you know um, but they're, they're truly and i, and I there 's no greater gift than. Spending time with yourself and trying to figure out what you want to do. So, for example, there's a person in my life that is very happy working a nine-to-five job. Never going to go anywhere other than the position this person is in. And fingers crossed, this person's health holds on for them to retire and then do what they want to do. The person's very happy, and that's great. If that's what you want to do, own it. As you said, by choice, own that. Um, but it, it hurts me when people say things like, well, if I had more time, or mm-hmm. when I retire, or, you know, because how many people do we know that make it to the end and then health impacts and they don't get to do anything? So, one of the things that's really important to me, and even though I've lived up until my 40s, marginalizing, and I'm way out of my 40s, people, um, marginalizing my own worth by, you know, I don't regret that because that's what happens. So to spend energy on regrets and man, if I only knew this before, but there was something, you have to find whatever the trigger, the program, the person that works for you. So explore and find them because I am telling you, when this light bulb went off inside of me,
0: Mm.
2: When I realized I am worth it, I have value, I have a voice I can do. I'm not going back. I'm not going so just that self-awareness, that confidence, that excitement. Mm. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, if I don't even do anything with it except live with that personally, it's so worth it. It's absolutely worth it. But I took that and started to think about, okay, what were the elements of my work that I enjoyed? Where did, what excited me? And so that's kind of what I'm doing. I loved mentoring and growing people into their next careers. Uh, that's what I'm doing now. And it's, you know, I, I would love to tell you all that I have it all together and everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but it's not. This, uh, this, having your own business. Um, Go to the financial part. The only thing I miss about a corporate position is the consistent paycheck. I'm just going to be honest with you. That was kind of nice. But you find ways to make it work. If it's something that you truly, at least for me, I truly believe in this. I truly believe in myself and I'm making it work. And and I like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do like that. So, even if it's, you want to stay in the nine to five, you, you're comfortable there. That's, that's a comfort zone for you, but maybe company A that you're working at is not the company you want to work at. So take a step to find company B and then go to company B and improve the quality of your life by still doing the nine to five that brings you comfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, it, it seems very simple yet the impact that it's had on me has been, uh, and I I don't say this lightly, it has been truly life-changing because I very easily could have um, dissolved into the stress of what was going on with my son, but I found what I could take control of in that situation and help move him forward. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of, I can do it there i can do it over here
0: (laughs) right it's like having it is having the mindset of looking at life and recognizing what is happening is happening for me it's not happening to me and so when you can approach from that perspective everything that happens for you has a purpose and you can define that purpose even even We tend to not do that or sometimes that people are stuck tend only to do that for the quote unquote good things. All of these good things happen for me. All of these bad things happen to me. And that separation of them inhibits the ability to see purpose in all of the things that happen for us. And Mm -hmm. being able to look from that perspective to be able to gain insight as into where is the lesson? Where is the opportunity? Why, what, how, when, where, answering all of those questions, even when, you know, the amazing things happen for you, we can't dismiss those. We have to look at what were all the things that led up to this? How did I contribute and manifest what is now in front of me? Because everything that comes in front of us, we're manifesting time and time again, whether it's based on our thoughts or the energy we're putting out into the universe.
2: Absolutely. And I love that distinction because... Uh, and it, it connects with when things happen, quote unquote, to you. If you look for the good, you'll you'll find where the lesson is. Um, I I'm a little thick-headed, or I'm a slow learn because I had to have two gut kicks, like right in the row, that would, you know <laughs> might have brought a lesser person bail. <laughs> but I, I I I saw it as a sign. I started to see, okay. I'm I'm given these because I need to develop a, a, a better resolve and I need to be more resilient. I've always considered myself resilient. And, but, th- but those were some, some difficult ones. And I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you all. If I can do that because I'm not special, if I can do that, you can find the good
0: mm-hmm.
2: in, in some of these bad situations. And, and one of the ways that, you know, I, I truly had to look at, um, within a situation with my son, here are the things that I can't control, I can't do anything about, so put those on a piece of paper. Okay, what was left?
0: <laughs> right.
2: What are the things that I can add input to, to try to control? And that's where I focused, and that, that helped move us forward. As a family, because if I stayed over here where I didn't have any control, I I was just going to make the situation far worse
0: mm-hmm.
2: for for all of us. So yeah,
1: you get to that point. I think um, you you either change through your own personal development, your own uh, growth and, and self awareness, or life keeps kicking you and keeps telling you and pushing you and forcing you. And you know if you're not paying attention, if you don't react to it, if you don't follow that change or the universe is telling you to do something the more you resist it the more you stay stagnant the more you don't accept it the harder the next kick will be and sometimes it is a common story that you know this change this great purpose this huge awakening originates from from something quite painful and you know it's clear that you you went through maybe one on top of another and you know. I could see that it was still painful for you when you were telling me about the story. So I'm sorry to have to have taken you back to that. Yes. But I, I wanted to uh, go full circle back and just say how um, could you share with us that uh, harmony. Obviously, when you went into the coaching, you, you had this, what was it that made you forget all those limiting self beliefs that you'd hung on to for so long that had been such a big part of you, that had been part of your identity. We talked earlier about having an emotional backpack that you carry around with you. And you know sometimes it's easier to continue with that because that's who you identify with. That's who, who you are inside. And it's almost more scary to have to put it down, and do something completely different than to continue carrying it. So,
2: yeah. Um, no, I, I just want to say something there. Thank you for saying that. Um, and, and for me, when, when I remove myself, you know, quite drastically from a situation where people that I thought were for me, once I moved, removed myself from that and those voices, then I realized, oh, they weren't really for mm-hmm. me. They were for themselves. And I can't fault them. We're, we're, you know, we're all about getting ahead. I, I accept that, so I can't fault them. But that quieted a lot of the noise. And then I was kind of left with me. And so then I had to start thinking about that and and it's really you know I I kind of use a hashtag simple yet profound a lot because I'm telling you it's like the simplest things that mess with me and if I can get them um, one of the things that truly helped me finally make that shift was a quote from Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich I mean my goodness this book was written in what 1935 37 38 I don't know long time ago and there there is a line in there faith and fear make bad bedfellows and what that said to me and this is truly where the crack started for me to get outside of my own thinking what that said to me was if I'm filling myself with all these negative thoughts about myself there's, there's no room for good so, how about if I stop saying negative thoughts? It was a little quiet for a while i 'm going to be honest it was you know I, I was like anybody in there, hello um, but but then it started slowly mm-hmm. and so now, uh, and I think teresa, you know you had uh, you had a post about this asking what hap- what are the alerts in our body you know what what are the triggers and I still get a negative thought I still get a You know, I mean, um, but I recognize it a lot more clearly. And and I give myself time to, okay, is it true? Is it not true? If it's true, let's deal with it. If it's not true and it's just my BS and it's like, bless and release and move forward. And that is not an internal conversation that I had with myself. I mean, I would spiral Mm -hmm. over one thing that had absolutely nothing to do with... (laughs) anything valid or real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So relate to you. Like we both have an Italian heritage. My spirals in my twenties were audible. Like I would say them out loud. And, and I even had the feedback of hearing myself saying them. So when I started my journey of breaking free of that, it went from the transition went from audibly saying them out loud to then hearing them in my head to then uh, catching them a lot sooner and they had less intensity to then recognizing them and go, Oh, I remember you old friend and just dismissing them. Right. But yeah. it's process of working your way through that. It's not like night and day you decide. And all of a sudden you go from all negative, all positive, the world of sunshine and rainbows. i Maybe for some people, it certainly yeah. didn't happen like that. But for others, it is a process and a journey requires some work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, it's something that I do each and every day. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, uh, my words for the year have been intentional and consistent in all actions in my life. And so that that's an action in my life. How easily I could go back into that line of thinking and so i i, I you know i and, and and it's like how you build up muscle memory or you create a habit you know or, or the one that everyone says once you learn how to drive you don't think about driving when you're driving <laughs> so i've worked on this enough that i don't have to think about it it happens in my mind um, tends to to go move forward in that way. And I I just have to say that when I was talking with there were, there were two mentors mentors that have been so influential in my growth. And what I said to them was, I want to do what you've done to me to Mm -hmm. others, because I think we all each and every one of us deserves this type of aha insight moment. Uh, in their lives it, it is just life's too short yeah. to not to not appreciate what you bring forth in the world and to enjoy it and and so that's kind of um why i do what i do i'm i'm you know it's why i do it
1: that's awesome i love that you said that because uh, we like to finish our uh, our interview with it with a question it's a it's a hashtag and it's a question so it's a hashtag um not anymore so as you just said there having listened to your your story listened about how um paying attention to limiting beliefs as barriers to our success and also why we can't uh, pay attention to leadership that's um selected based on performance metrics have nothing to do with leadership so can you can you give us an idea of what, of what our listeners can start doing differently how they were first thing they would do to recommend doing that today to help change their <clears throat> their mindset mm-hmm. i think we're talking about mindset a little bit here without actually saying the word but um changing that shift mindset, mindset that um had such a big shift for you
2: right you know one of the easiest things that uh, it, it was very easy but it was difficult uh just keep track journal captured in your phone wherever you take notes the number of times what follows I am
0: mm.
2: and so for for example, um, you know thinking about work well i 'm not qualified to do that i 'm not um, i i, I didn 't get the promotion because i 'm not good enough i 'm not Buddying up to the right people, mm-hmm. and I—I I, I seriously, it's—it's it's, it's very easy to do. And I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked about what came out of my mouth about myself, and how easily and effortlessly I would say things about myself that I wouldn't say to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I'm a visual person, and I had to see that, and. Then I had to try to have my I am statements follow with something a little bit more positive. And I will tell you, I probably could have wrote the next American novel wonderful, far better than coming up with I am something positive <laughs> because it was, it was difficult, but I stuck with it. And so I would say to people, if, if you kind of fall in that, just, just think about it. The words, the language that you're using about yourself, and if you were having you know Teresa, if I said some of the things to you that I said to myself, well, one, they weren't true, and two, you wouldn't want to be around me anymore
0: friends that's true
2: yeah absolutely not and and of course, family gets a pass sometimes, but um so that so that was yeah, sometimes i said um but but that was definitely one of the things, so Uh, You know, uh, hashtag I am worthy, you know, let's do that. Let's not do hashtag I'm not good enough or uh, uh, hashtag, you know, I didn't brush my hair before this interview,
0: (laughs) you know, things like that. Don't do that. (laughs) I'm reminded of that YouTube video with the young girl standing on the vanity, staring into the mirror. I think most of us maybe have seen it. And she does her morning mantra. I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I love myself. And this is what you're speaking of is we have to speak the kindness, most powerful words to ourselves so that we can show up and be the permissive beacon for other people to have the same mantra for them. Yeah. And yes. And
2: to recognize, I mean, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, biology, I believe our belief structures are are pretty much set, you know, within our first seven or eight years. So think back to that, (laughs) no control over, over anything. And so they're set and then they just keep growing and, you know, manifesting, Um, Uh, my parents didn't mean (laughs) to pigeonhole me or to do that. It's just what happened. And so I love that video and I love those parents because this is a child who knows that at such an early age. And that's, that's one of the things. So it would be really great to instill that as you're growing, as you're developing, but uh, I truly am um, evidence that it doesn't matter how long you've had it, Mm -hmm. if it's important enough to you, if you want to make that change, because you have to make it, you have to want to make it. If you want to make that change, you can make it. And and it's not as difficult as some people might lead you to believe it. Mine truly did start with just thinking about the words I was saying about myself Mm -hmm. and they weren't really kind.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. I mean, just a, just as powerful as the words that you say to yourself that are negative, the fact that you can say that the things that are positive to you it just has a huge impact. But more, it kind of when you're just saying in your own head, and then it has so much more resonance, whether it's the echo inside your head or something. It makes it sound so much louder, and it sounds so much more believable. And obviously, there's no one there to contradict it or or counter any of those things. So it's just going round and round and round. Oh. As soon as you vocalise it, as soon as you put it down on a piece of paper, there's something visceral about it that you have that kind of change. And don't know what it is, uh, I don't know if Teresa has an idea here, but what, what, just the single act of doing that, speaking it, verbalizing it, writing it down, and then suddenly, like a release of pressures like, oh, it's, not as, it's just not as much as I thought it was. It's not as limiting as I thought it was. And hearing your story, hearing how, you know, anyone can do this, anyone can have this seismic change, anyone can have, you know, the sort of success that you've had since you've undertaken this it starts with just the simple, those simple three words that you just said. So that's, that's a perfect way to sort of come full circle on this story. So um, I want to um, thank you so much for being part of the show. I want to uh, share with the listeners how they can find out more about you, learn about um, the, uh, the foundation um, and <laughs> the podcast. Uh, we didn't get into that, but I'd still love to hear about that at some point. Um, so if you do want to learn more and if you do want to connect with Kimberly, you can do it on LinkedIn it's Kimberly Hambrick. Um, you can do it by email. It's hambrick.KimberlyA at gmail.com. And, um, definitely check out her podcast, The Cannoli Coach. Uh, I listened to one the other day. It's so much fun. You, you always have such a laugh with your, with your guests, just as you have here with us. So on that note, we'd like to finish our, um, our, our interview, our conversation with a rapid fire Q and a 10 questions, uh, 10 statements, two choices, uh, we want you to just come up with uh, whatever feels, comfortable, feels more comfortable for you in the moment, okay? So, hey, well, wait a minute. The fact that,
2: Ter- that Teresa's rubbing her hands together is terrifying me on these questions, but okay.
1: <laughs> well, what you don't know is it's about minus five in, 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 in Canada, so she's been uh, complaining about the cold all day, so she's okay. just really, really suffering. It's going to be snowing there as well, I think. You mind. Anyway, so it's just a bit of fun to finish with. Um, are you ready? Okay, so number one, manager or leader? Leader. Number two, active or reactive? Active. Number three, black and white or gray?
2: Uh, I'm black and white all the way. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Optimistic or realist?
2: Can I be op-realistic?
1: You can, yes. Um, uh, a really important one here Canada or England?
2: Oh, this is not good. Italy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Theresa will take that one as well, I'm sure. <clears throat> uh, number six, heart or head? Heart. Number seven, empathy or assertiveness? Uh,
2: empathy.
1: Number eight, introvert or extrovert?
2: Extroverted. <laughs>
1: number nine, logical or emotional?
2: I'm emotional. <laughs>
1: um, and number ten, innovation or process? Uh,
2: uh, innovation with a small i, only because I don't do well with processes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, thank you again for having a bit of fun with us there at the end. Um, We've all learned a lot here from this episode. Uh, I just wanted to uh, reiterate what we said at the end there that anyone can have this, this change of moment, anyone can have this aha moment. It's just a question of, of leaning into your your discomfort and maybe reaching out to someone and, and helping, ha- having them help you take those first steps. Yeah. I love the bit that you said at the start, which I might steal, about your, your mentor saying, uh, borrow the belief, that I have in you to, to help you take those first steps, get over the first hurdle. I think that's that's perfect. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It was fun.
1: Teresa, do you want to?
0: It was indeed fun. <laughs> that's all I aim for. A lot of fun. You no, know, we aim for a lot of fun. We aim for a lot of learning. It, the, there had to have been, like when someone has such a profound statement like that, like your mentor borrow from me, the belief I have in you until yours matches. I just like, I wonder the, the accumulation of events that occurred in his life to have this sort of profound ability to express his heart, like how he felt about you. And sometimes I think in leadership, we're promoting people that do things really well. And one of the things they're not doing really well Is allowing their heart to come out Mm -hmm. if we just allowed our leaders to know this is where we want you to go this is the great space from which we need you to operate we want you to operate then when people step into leadership I think they'd be much easier for them to let their guard down and just lead in that way that every person really wants to be led yeah no I, I I'm so glad that you said that because when
2: when the question i mean i lead from my heart and uh, and i still do even though um i had a few experiences where my heart was trampled on professionally
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it would have been very easy for me not to care about people and not to care about their growth uh, especially as i started to focus on my own growth and i'm so glad that i didn't one of the things that somebody had asked recently um on a post was, what do you want your tombstone to say? And and I had said, I'm, I want to be known for my heart and not my resume. And that still speaks volumes to me. And so from a leadership perspective, there is a way to still be caring for your team and not quote unquote, be their best friend, go out to dinner with them, have drinks, you know, things like that. And I hope we get back to understanding that because I think at least in the States the last few years have really people are hesitant Mm. to care for one another you know they just kind of we stop being a caring person and so that's why I think what you all do is so very well because when you think about emotional intelligence you can care for people you can be there for your team and I I agree with you. I think that, and and I do know his backstory and what led him to that, but that probably, no one's ever said that to me before. No one, you know, someone might have said to me, they believed in me, but nobody ever said to me, borrow my belief until yours matches. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: about a year later, I was at a meeting with him in person and he came up to me and he said, and, and, and I only share this for the story, not for bragging. He said, I am so incredibly proud of you and the growth that you've made. And he said, you believe in yourself like I believe in you. And that just, yeah, that was amazing to me. Beautiful. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you both so much.
0: Hey. Thanks for joining us on this episode of TNT ESQ with myself, Teresa Quinlan, and my co-host, Reese Thomas. It was a pleasure having you stop in and listen. Until next time, keep challenging the status quo.